Hello and welcome to the Framing for Podcast, the podcast where three friends who have the blah 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 blah. Been a while, been a while, been a while, been a minute since I had to say that um that intro, but we're here, we're back for the first podcast of the new season. Of course, everything is returning back to normal. Arsenal are currently losing to just the worst team. I think we'll lose the Hibernian right now. Wait, you're losing to Hibs. We were losing to Hibs right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fun. Back to normal, I guess. Back to reality. I am Kehu, your, your ho- one of your hosts, joined by the ever-present coach, Kojo. Laughing, of course. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm good, bro. How you doing? I was doing well. Then I checked the fucking Arsenal score. So not, 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 too, not too shabby. Not, not too great, but it is what it is. I'm actually going to check. Uh, right, no, half-time currently. Friendly games. We are losing 1-0. And if you saw the goal, right. you might laugh because it was a pass back. Let me get the lineup for you. Hold on. The lineup. Who is that defender? It was either... A f- there's a kid called Clark. There's there's two players I'm, I'm going to blame for this. Either it's going to be uh, Pablo Mari or Cedric Suarez. Hmm. I don't know who, but I'm going to blame him forever uh, because the ball goes back. Right. And one of those two Cahill, did you steal the mic? I did steal the mic before. I'm I, like, I haven't got a place to put this mic. It's it's annoying, but I got I got I got to say it, man. Um, what was I say? Yeah, so it gets a it's a pass back from right. Cedric Suarez and or Pablo Mari. I don't care. I'm blaming either of them. It's a looping pass back to the goalkeeper who's on his I think his Arsenal Arsenal debut. Yeah. Um, and he, instead of you know, heading a bouncing ball. Decides to try and volley it because he's a goalkeeper, and goalkeepers are usually known for their <clears> technique. <throat> let's just say, um, he completely misses it, and then boom, they score tapping up the Arsenal, eh? up the Arsenal. Go on, Mikel Arteta's army. But anyway, <laughs> let's... It's, it's the 13th of July. You're already stressed about Arsenal, bro. I don't understand why this club is rattling me. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. I do not like it. But it, it's happening. It's happening right now as they're playing right now. But it is what it is. Oh, mm. they've also made. Oh no, Arsenal have made a substitution because the goalkeeper was so bad. Of course, we decided to change him at halftime. Why not? Oh, for Carl Hein. Do you know who Carl Hein is? Oh, I actually do. That's my. Oh, you do. I don't. He's not going to start, so who, who cares? <laughs> um, but it is what it is, I guess. But of course, with uh, the mic, the mic of four in my hands, the mic of Coach Kojo on my right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about England. Let's talk about England and their historic. I say it was a story. It was a story. It was the first time in fifty-five years that they've managed to reach a f- international tournament final, That's getting. Right. Of course, beaten at the final hurdle by an Italian side on penalties, where there is no shaming that. No shame. No shame in that. Not at all. What is what is your uh, opinion on England's run in that? Lamb, stop it, man. (laughs) (laughs) What is your opinion on on the tournament as a whole for England? Um, no, it's a good tournament. Um. Uh, so if you guys can hear echo, I can hear echo on my side. So if it's an echo for you guys, I do apologize. I tried to fix it and it's just not stopping. So there you go. But anyway, um, I can't hear an echo. 
Oh, it stopped now on my side, which is great. So excellent. Okay, cool. All right, so anyway, um, on England and their run, honestly, firstly and foremost, I think in the group stage, they were okay. Obviously, they got a decent win against Croatia. Um, the draw against Scotland, we can argue that that's a game they should have lost if Scotland had a more prominent striker up top, maybe. Um, and then the Czech Republic game, they just about squeezed by, got that game in as well. But regardless of how they won it, and it's tournament football. It's not about how you win, it's about getting the result and getting through. And they did what they need to do. The result against Germany was very impressive. Germany had their chances. Pickford pulled off a wonderful save. But at the end of the day, um, they they did their thing. And they went through, scored two good goals. No problem, no stress. And then the Ukraine win was comfortable. It was fantastic. They dealt with any threat that Ukraine could have posed. They dealt with it quite easily and just trounced them. And then you get to the semi-final. And there's a lot of drama. It gets extra time. You get what was a debatable penalty. Some, some people was a dive. Some, for some people, it was full and easily, but it's a penalty. Um, the, the tournament's over. It's a dive, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the other angle they showed, he got caught twice, but he was on his way to the ground anyway. So, yeah, it is a dive. Um, but regardless, they got their goal. Harry Kane scoring from the rebound from the penalty that he missed. They get through to the final. There's nothing wrong with that. You get to your, the final of Italy, you go off to a beautiful start. Excellent goal you scored. Not even just a good goal, it's a superb goal. I am not in my office bathroom, Lambs. I am at home. <laughs> um, in his bathroom. In, in, well, almost. Almost in my bathroom. Um, I'll be there soon enough. Uh, shout out to Miss Millie, first time viewing as well. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, man. But, um, yeah, no, look, the, the run was good. Uh, no, I'll be good right now. I'll be good, don't worry. Um, it's me. Hold on, hold on. The, the run was good. The run was really good. I just think when England got into this position and there was a certain level of we should, I think some fans got to the stage where they're like, they, we should beat this Italy team. And for me, it's like, it's not you should beat this Italy team. This Italy team has not lost in four, is it 34 games now? No, a 34-game unbeaten run. So that goes even way past this tournament. They're in good shape. They're in good form. They've got good players. They've got Chiesa. They've got the old guard in the defence. Um, you've got the fullbacks, Spinanzola. If you didn't know about him, now you know about him. De La Rosa is a decent right back. Barela, Kel knows I'm a big fan of his. Kel's an Inter Milan fan as well, so Kel knows about Barela. Um, Jorginho, I'm a fan of his. Yeah, there you go. Jorginho, I'm a fan of his. I've always been a fan of his. Um, and I felt like he was kind of misunderstood at um, Chelsea as well in the Saris run as compared to now. Verratti, I'm not a big fan of him because his big game is a bit, you know. And then you got the front three. Chiesa, great. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne, kind of, yeah, he's good, actually. He's good. I'm not going to give him anything. He's good, but he had kind of up and down tournament. And Immobile started off very well and then fell dramatically off. But regardless, that's a good team. I think the one difference between them and Italy, I think why Italy after they got their goal back and just controlled the game from that minute when they scored till literally 120th minute was the fact that they rotated their squad so well. That's the that's where England had their downfall. Other than that, England were worth getting to the final. I don't think anyone can deny that. So I don't think the fans should be any bit annoyed about where they got to, nor annoyed at any of the players. And even annoyed at Southgate. I, I will criticise some of the stuff he did in the final, but regardless, he got them to the final. Criticise. Oh, it's me. Mute your um, thing. Your sound. No, your sound, your sound. My sound? Like, on your laptop. Okay. 
bloody uh, my bloody mic. What's wrong with you, man? You can hear me, right? I know I can't really hear myself on the screen right now, but can I just say I am glad that this echo is not coming from my side. I have been slandered on many other podcasts about my echo. It me. No, but it ain't me, me either. Can, can I come back in? Yeah, of course you can. I'm just, okay, beautiful. I'm just saying, I think it was, uh, yeah, anyway. So, sound sound, sound issues. We were speaking to you, so it's fine. You can continue. You but um, no, look, there's, there is no shame. There's no shame whatsoever in um, the loss and their run. Their run was good enough. And they got to the final. So how can you be upset about how you got to the final? You got to the final. And unfortunately, you lost some penalties. There's no shame listening to this Italy team on penalties. So that's what it is. Is there any shame in not being be, being able to get the job done in 120 minutes? Though there, you said you didn't want to. You didn't want to not well not crucify, but blame Southgate too much. But his tactical, um, his tactics obviously came into question a lot, in a lot of the games, uh, substitutions in particular. I mean, he went. Two games in a row, it was against Ukraine, and then against Denmark, four three three, and then <laughs> Lambs, quiet man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it? Did Tuba ask you throw off my question? But there's yeah, he played four three three in the quarters, four three three in the in the semis, and he gets to the final and decides to revert to five at the back. Was yeah. that? Yeah. Obviously, that that must have played in into the minds of the defenders, ways of or, or just the old team, where they they must be thinking, oh, they don't trust us to get the job done with four at the back. I I would say that I did not agree. I did not agree with him going five at the back, but I saw it coming and I understood why he went for that. I think. You could have coached better with four because we know Immobile is a poacher. So when he's outside the box, he is kind of not even kind of. He's definitely ineffective. He's definitely uh, oh, he's in, ineffective inside the box as well. So uh, he was, but then just like Harry Kane, how many touches did he get inside the box anyway? Pretty much none. You know they were playing when England got their goal. They were so compact that Italy were trying to play the ball around, play it here, here, here. But then at the end result in that first half anyway, they started playing long balls over the top. The only one that was causing any sort of level of threat was Chiesa because he was driving in to the defenders and trying to get past them and then hit shots. And that's when they had their first winning shot, when he had that shot that just went wide. So other than that, he kind of struggled as well. Um, so it was kind of a game for the wide men to really exploit. But where England playing a back five, essentially, as um, Tweets by T-Dot has put out in the comments, Essentially playing, back, essentially playing a back five, what you've done there is, because you've got two wing-backs and you've got Mason Mount and Raheem Sterling, they're going, they're going to want to come down the middle. But I think the instruction for Mount was to stay wide. And because he stays so wide, he was just as ineffective as before. He was poor in general in terms of his overall basics, but he was never going to thrive in that position. That's not his position. He didn't thrive there on the Lampard. He's not going to thrive there for England because he's not played there for England. And quite frankly, if you're going to put a wide man there, you should start Saka and Sterling, or start Sterling and Sancho, or Sterling and Rashford. You got actual wide men there, so I did not agree with you putting Mount on the left, despite how poor he was. I can also understand why 
it wasn't good. Listen, I'll be a hypocrite. I used to kiss it there when I was younger and complain about Paul Scores playing left wing because he's not a left winger. So how can mm. I sit there and watch Mason Mount and be like, well, Mason Mount should do the job when he's not a left winger? He's not a left winger. That's where my criticism would be for Jarosowski and then the substitutions, which you pointed out as we were watching the game. I mean, it's not all, of course, it's not all down in the manager. Let's talk about the players. This is going to annoy me. This is really going to annoy you, but it is what it is. Um, Grealish obviously didn't come on in time. Uh, Mason Mount, as you alluded to, just wasn't that great. Saka didn't play. Yeah. So there were a whole bunch. Sancho didn't really get tournament time. Mark, uh, Marcus Rashford only came on when it was at two minutes remaining. Now his first touch of the ball was uh, the missed penalty, obviously. Um, Harry Kane went missing. Mm. So who is the biggest culprit to in terms of this loss? I mean, obviously they lose as a team, they win as a team, but there were some key players that really went missing in this game. Uh, if you're talking about key players or players that I felt let the team down. I can't, I really can't, I know, okay, I know a lot of people are going to say Harry Kane, but hear me out on this one. I want you to say Harry Kane. And I, I know you want me to say Harry Kane, but hear me out on this one. This is why I feel like we shouldn't really go to his neck too tough. As a striker, I understand, we want him in the goal. I also say fans can't have it both ways. Fans talk about strikers being able to do everything. He's someone that is being in that team trying to do everything. In that game, when they scored, him and Luke Shaw started the attack. He scored, he passed that beautiful uh, pass to the wide, uh, wide, wide to um, Trippier, and he busted guts to get into the box because he wanted to add that extra threat. He had bodies in the box. That's what people have been screaming for him to do. And in the rest of the first half, he was doing that. My criticism of Kane was, why are you so tired after the 55th minute? What's happening there? Why are you so leggy? Why do you look so tired? And suddenly, you've gone from... Neat dribbles, winning fouls, good passes, and getting to decent attacking positions to just fumbling everything. You couldn't do anything right within that second half and then way past that. So that's where my criticism of Kane was. But that's the only criticism I'll give him. That's not me putting any level of blame on him. I don't think there's any England player that came on the pitch, right, apart from Henderson, really, that can come out and say they had a bad game. No, because Henderson was poor. If we're gonna be real, he was, he was, he was. his cameo was poor. I mean, it's just what it is. His passes were off, he wasn't in the right positions for a 15 to 20 minute cameo, whatever he was on for. That wasn't a good position, that wasn't a good performance. He struggled. I still think he should have stayed off for penalties, but in reality, in the whole game, he struggled. And I think that's okay to say. So um on that side. He's the only one I think that struggled, but he's he's not he's not getting a blame. It's just saying that he's the only one that I can look at and say maybe he wasn't as good as maybe the, or as good or maybe average as the others were. He was below average, but I don't think there's anyone I could look at on the pitch and blame. And this is where now we talk to Southgate. In the first half, his tactics work, but like I said, he is giving him that warning shot. And England, I mean, Italy eventually, Italy eventually started to find their holes because Verratti and Jorginho were getting too much time on the ball. So then we can look at the midfielders. Like Rice was busting the guard. He was trying to get everywhere, but he was trying to get everywhere. Correct. Was he in the right positions all the time? Not so much. See if Calvin Phillips, were they getting enough help in the middle? I don't think so. 
That's where you can talk about the wide men. Maybe Harry Kane dropping deep. Are you dropping deep? Cool. But are you doing anything to guide them, to help them a little bit more, to make them extra? No. But Rice went off. And then you saw England lost even more control. And then when Chiesa started switching wings, going here and here and here, going down the middle, cutting in on both feet, might I add. You had him on toast. He had the whole team on toast. Declan Rice especially. Especially Declan Rice. He had Declan Rice doing Beyblades. It was a throwback to Coquelin versus Hazard. Like It was it, actually. It was actually a throwback. It, it, was, it was ridiculous how he was just dancing through them. And, you know, that's where they should have had their warning shot. And England didn't really heed that. And that's where Southgate needs to learn the harshest lesson. For me, it's you... In that game, you started very well and you had control, but you did not smell the danger and you were very um, reactive in terms of substitutions rather than proactive. Because as soon as you considered that set-piece goal, it was, oh, hey, come off the bench, we need you now. No, that's not how it works. When you see dangers coming and Verratti and Jorginho are having too much fun in a game that they're losing, that's when you should say, okay, we need to change things here. And I just think he wasn't proactive enough. Well, let's talk about the goals. Um, obviously, England get the first goal in like the third minute. Luke Shaw with a nice uh, volley like, cro- uh, that went straight into the Donnarumma's near post, completely caught him off guard. Mm. But after that, there was like a brief period where, where England were on top. And it seemed like once that period was over, it was over for like, the majority of the game. I think Italy had like over like, 60% of the possession. They had much more uh, chances on goal. Would you think? Did you think that was tactical? On Southgate's heart, uh, part where it was like, okay, if we got the goal, we might we just defend it and we defend it for our lives. All we need is the one goal. Um, yeah, uh, half and half. I think it was. I think that was a tactical decision. I think he wanted to do counter-attacking football because I think he had the, he felt like he had the threats from both sides. Trippier can whip balls in. Um, Luke Shaw's more of a direct runner, so you have two different options there. Then he's hoping that maybe maybe Mason Mount and who's a good player. Mason Mount and, despite all criticism, he's a good player. Mason Mount and Raheem Sterling, danger man. Sterling scoring goals for England in this tournament. And then Harry Kane is obviously Harry Kane. So, obviously, I think he thought in his mind. And then, sorry, Calvin Phillips was adding a bit of something going forward as well here and there. Especially against Germany, he had a very good game. So, I think, I think he maybe thought maybe he had enough. But when you lose control of a game, that's not tactical anymore. Because they, no matter what your tactic is, if your tactic is counter-attack, they're stopping you at every, any given opportunity very easily. And So at this point, it's no more tactical. Now it's just about, okay, I don't know what's going on. My players are frazzled, so something needs to change. Who is struggling the most out here? Do I go to a back four? Which it did eventually, but that didn't change anything because it was too late. So... He, he he was tactically outdone by I was the better manager in my opinion. To be mm. honest, that, that's as simple as it gets. I mean, yeah, then Chiesa had a few chances as you alluded as you said earlier. Um, but then they got the goal from the set piece. Let's talk about that set piece. Mm. Um, you thought that with the the experienced defenders in Benucci and Cellini that they would eventually get a goal from from a set piece, or that yeah. it was a massive threat. I didn't think so. Because of obviously the, the the height and the and the dominance in the air from Harry Maguire, John Stones, and Kyle Walker, but I mean you were right in the end as I mean Marco Verratti was the one that won the head that won the header 
and that was just a horrible, horrible cross. He just went straight through through a whole bunch of players. I think it was Declan Rice who Lamb says she doesn't rate that much, which is quite yeah. funny considering he's probably going to come Chelsea. Um, he loses uh, Benucci. Benucci then goes on to tap the ball in after good, uh, Jordan Pickford, who had a good game and had a good yeah. tournament, which we, we do have to admit, even though he does have his many, many flaws. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what was it about that pairing, the Cellini and Benucci, that ended up with them winning the uh, title and you do you think that was it that was why it was that that's the reason why italy won not because of what they had going forward but the experience and the solidity at the back it's, let's talk about defending because you because you love defending coach you know you know i love defending oh, thank you thank you you know it is when you have a pairing that you are so comfortable with everyone else do their thing Jorginho didn't drop back between two center backs Barella was doing box-to-box, box, but he wasn't so far behind trying to do big, big defending unless it was set pieces. Neither was um, Locatelli when he came on. Neither was Verratti. All you want in your centre-backs is to be assured that, yes, as a midfield and everyone else in front of them and beside them as full-backs, we have to do a job to make sure that they do as little as possible as does the goalkeeper. But I also have that comfort knowing that when it comes to them, I know they will deal with whatever comes their way. And nine times out of 10, that's exactly what they do. Bonucci is not a, a, a person that I like as a character, as a man, for certain reasons that we obviously know in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll as, a def- as well. Exactly. But as a defender, he's an absolute warrior. Mm. Chiellini, you can, you can scream about him pulling Saka like this. You can scream about this that, and the other and get into faces and talking. I mean, and... multiple records. That, that's that's what we're thinking. There, there should have been. I mean, the Jorginho attempt in any other game, I imagine, would, would be... He would you end up when, on receiving um, another record. Oh, when he's bought he's, on the, the on challenge on Grealish, wasn't it? Yeah, Grealish and Cellini. I mean, if you keep looking at it, I think oh, that was... Because he absolutely... That was dangerous of... Da- most dangerous of dangerous plays. Both hands... And he yanked him back. Oh, yeah. That's was, insane. The intention behind it was not... There was no kindness in it whatsoever. That's a that's a heel move, yeah, for the WWE fans. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> think it was... I don't think there was any malice in it. I just think that he, it was... It, it should it should be punished by record. Oh, he, was, he, was, he was doing... He, it was a tactical foul. Oh, no, it's a tactical foul, but I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like, I feel, there was, I feel there was so much... So much venom in it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I feel it was malicious. Like, it's a tactical foul. He's doing it because he knows within the laws of the game. He does it there where there's, it's not a last man situation and it's still out wide. If he does it and pulls him back, because a shirt pull, referee's not thinking about where it is uh, around his body. Like, if he's choking, and what, he's just thinking, he's pulled him back. Mm. That's a yellow card offence. Kelly is doing what he can within the rules that he can do anyway to make sure his team has the advantage. And I love that. Personally, I love that. I don't. I didn't love it in the time because I wanted England to win. I wanted Saka to shine when he came off the bench. But if I am, and I, I said this when we were, talk, we were talking about it on commentary, I love Sergio Ramos. What does Sergio Ramos do nine times out of ten? Anything to Not win. Defend well. Anything to win. <laughs> Anything to win. And I, I love that. The fact that he just went out there and said, "Look, listen. At the end of the day, I'm here to win this game." So whether you like it or not, I want to do whatever takes, whatever is necessary to get the result. He did what he had to do. It, I, th- I do think it was malicious. 
It is tactical, but I do think it's malicious. So I understand why people think it is further than a yellow. But he's done what he can in the last in the game. And that's what adds to his sort of defensive mastery. It's not only can I tackle, not only can I mark, not only can I win the duels in the air, on the ground, pass well, all of that. But when I need to do something that helps my team, taking one for the team, as we like to call it, he'll do it. But he's taking one for the team is making sure he gets a yellow card and still marshals himself so well that you know you don't have to worry about him getting a red card. That's how good he is. I will point to the one where he had like a sort of one-on-one situation with Sterling. And then Sterling got the beating of him for a second. And it's like Kalini responded within yeah, yeah. literally a second after and said, you're going nowhere. Mm. And went back in front of him, went to ground, got the ball and then passed it away. That's how good he is. And at that age where most defenders either are retired or they go to a so-called lesser level team yeah. or whatever, he's still playing at the highest of levels. 36. 36 years old and he's still doing his thing like he was doing it 10 years ago. That's how. That's why we rate him so highly. So for me, when you have people like that in your defence, you don't worry. You will never worry. I mean, the biggest... I think the you say that they had... Uh, these these guys are obviously old. They're aging. They're they're very experienced, but they are in fact old, and mm. they were playing a very high line. Did it surprise you then when England you saw the lineup? Yeah, that it was Mason Mount on the left, that it was Raheem Sterling on the right. Not known for or oh, Raheem Sterling has pace, but he's not he's not fast like that, yeah. Yeah. like a like a Saka, like a Jaden Sancho, for example. Were you surprised that those Types of play- like a Rashford, even mm. that those type of players were one not it were not playing, or two not introduced early enough to question those that high line. You you have to introduce those players. I think this game was screaming out for more direct play because when Raheem Sterling went direct, he was troubling that defense. So oh oh hold on, just I know you're you're about to uh, get into some great great. Um, well no no go on go on I want to hear this. But in the 69th minute, it is currently 2-0 to Hibernian against Arsenal. Daniel McKay has scored the second. Who is he? I don't know. Uh, and Paul Hanlon with the assist. So it's going to be a wonderful season. Thank you. Thank you very much. And trust me, if we're on commentary, I will not hold back. 13th of July, 2021 at 7.28. A friendly game and Arsenal already causing chaos stress. I'm this is going to be a beautiful season. Hibernian, bruv. Hibernian. Not even Hearts of Midlothian. Banging name. I always this say is it. Always. Elite name. I, I not even Rangers. Not 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 even Celtic. Even this Caledonia Thistle. Not even Aberdeen, bruv. With, 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 with their with their uh, with their history. Hibs. <laughs> Hibs. Ah, uh, Arsenal. Yes, that's. Um, what were we talking about now? It's, I'm throwing. I got going. England, bro. How? How? Um, what were we talking about? It was. Oh, the, the injection of pace. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Look, the the game for England was calling from south for subs from the 50th minute. That's that's as simple as it gets. Two subs should have. You got five subs. 45th with Mason Mount. I have to say because he. Ah, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Mason Mount should have gone for half time because he struggled. Again, like I said, I have a little bit of sympathy, but at the same time, yes. 
you were lacking in the basics. So one way or another, your time was up. So from the 45th minute, even, you had to make changes. Or even if you decided not to take Mason Mount off and take maybe a centre-back off, for example, you put him in the number 10 position where he does normally play or he plays in the number eight sometimes with Chelsea because they play more of a back five as well. Then you put an actual winger on the left. And then you have more of a balance, in my opinion. In this game, I feel like he's, he didn't have the balance completely right. As good as the start was, England didn't have control of the majority of the game, and it showed. So they, they were lucky for me to get to penalties. I, I said um, in a group chat that if Chiesa didn't get injured, they would have lost that game in 120 minutes. It wouldn't have gone to penalties. So you got someone like Rashford. And look, for me, being a May Night fan, knowing that Rashford has been playing with injuries throughout the whole season, I'm delighted that he got a lot of rest during this tournament. I'm delighted <laughs> about that because it's good for him. Genuinely, for his career, it's good yeah. for him. But at the same time, he can play 45 minutes and possibly more if needed. Jaden Sancho, a lot of fans were calling out for him. But more than anything, he is statistically the most creative winger in terms of um, assists and I think goals overall, actually, of English wingers this season. Mm-hmm. So that's another option that you have there. Utilize that. Saka, in the games that he's played for England before the final, very, very good. Effective, smart, good going back and going forward. So if you are worried about any sort of defensive cover, you got someone that will track back that will help. So that adds to your collective. What did you do? How long, how long did you wait? For these subs, and this is the point. And what baffled me, this is this is where this is where I lost it with him a little bit. Your final two subs came in the 190th minute because of penalties. And then and then on top of that, and I I know we'll talk talk about penalties eventually, but I'm just gonna bring up this one point now. Jordan Pickford was sixth in your choice of um (laughs) penalty takers. So that makes me now think that I don't know. We, maybe you had a, a little glass of Ciroc before you went to the extra time. I don't know, but more, more like absinthe, bro. Too much Ciroc. <laughs> but at the end of the day, look, these are baffling decisions, but it's decisions that I hope he will learn from because we as fans will say these things and the fans will always get it right and wrong. Same as managers and same as coaches. We'll, everyone will get it right and wrong. It is what it is. I, I'm sure, for example, when... Makeda went on for May 9. Everyone's like, what the hell is Sats Ferguson doing? Hmm. Because that's the villa. And he scored the winner. Other times, Sats Ferguson were the May 9 was a 3 1 to Man City. And then he brought on more attackers. Then they lost 6 1. You'll get it right and you'll get it wrong. Or sometimes when you start a game against Hiberni and it's like, Miss Galatella, why are you playing William? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you're stressed. You're stressed. Bro, this team is pissing me off. You're stressed. But um, look, at the end of the day, I just hope he learns from this because. The game was calling out for a change. And there are, it's not just him. There are a lot of managers and coaches today, in my opinion, that one, lack a, a plan B. In game, anyway, forget about tactical, tactical things. In game, they lack a plan B. Can you it's see that? Zuno, isn't it? Can you see that? I can see that. That's the team that's losing. Wait, about me explain. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Um, about my who? How about my what? Anyway, um... You just have to learn from these things. Not every coach has a plan B. I understand that. And not every coach likes to change within game. But you do need to be able and brave enough to make these changes because you will be forgiven by fans 
maybe not by the FA and if you're a club manager, maybe not by the board, but by the fans, we can have a lot more sympathy if your idea is to change things within games so that you can try and find another way to win. And if it doesn't work, so be it. It is what it is. But if it does work, it's congratulations to you. So he just needs to be more proactive, man. Proactive is the word for me. It's just the word, proactive. Forget about reactionary substitutions. Get in there first. Don't sit there and wait for something bad to happen before you say, okay, now I'm going to change it up. It doesn't make sense. Obviously, the elephant in the room is the penalties. Mm. Let's talk about them. Obviously, Harry Kane steps up first. He stucks it away. Italy responded in kind. I don't know the Italians, but I'm going to go and... England's second penalty taker was Harry Maguire. And we all thought, what the hell is Harry Maguire doing taking a penalty? And then he shut us all up because he put that in the toppest of top bins bins ever been in a penalty shootout. I've, that is that penalty. I'm, for Harry Maguire, chef's kiss. Mwah. Beautiful. Yeah, he broke, he broke the, the flipping camera. Yep. Um, it's the next three that obviously I've brought a lot of ire towards... Well, at first it was towards a whole bunch of the uh, England team where everybody was saying, why isn't Sterling? Why isn't Grealish? Why isn't Stones? Why isn't... Uh, sure. Sure. Stepping up, take these penalties. But it was, of course, Marcus Rashford who took the third penalty. Horrible, horrible penalty. Horrible, horrible miss. Mm-hmm. Was his first touch of uh, the game. But as I have to admit, it was a really bad penalty. Um then Jane Sancho steps up, who's never taken a penalty in his career, I believe it is, in his professional career. If if he has, I, I doubt it's any more than two, maybe three. Yeah. If and that. He completely tele- telegraphs where his penalty is going. Donnarumma makes an easy save. And everybody thinks it's all over because Jorginho is the, is the person that's going to step up next. But Jordan Pickford comes out. With, and makes a fantastic save to keep England in the tie. And then all England needs to do to, to force sudden death is to score and upsteps 19-year-old Bakayo Saka with the most important penalty in English football history. Mm. And with all that weight on his shoulders, he misses it, which... To me, is completely understandable. There's a lot of pressure. It's fine. Obviously, yeah. obviously not to Southgate, though, who, as we've said before, in training, that's he, that's where he made his plan for penalties. Mm. That's who he's, he was on his list. And it was just a stupid, stupid list for me. As you could, because Jordan Pickford was next, for goodness sake. So, so let, me, let me just address a few things. Firstly, there's an agenda going around that Harry Kane sort of like saved himself or some nonsense about I don't know he no, himself. No. And if if he's a if he was captain, why didn't he say something? Not everyone has the 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 rules that Ronaldo and Messi have in their countries because they they're aliens. No one not even everybody no one else has that no. that kind of power. No. Let's just let's just nip that in the bud right now. He was dressed as the first penalty taker and he what he did what he needed to do, he scored the goal. Simple as that. Done. End of discussion. Cool. Now, Marcus Rashford. Anyone that is a United fan, or maybe I should say a Premier League fan, actually in general, will know that in recent years, Rashford's penalty record has been very hit and miss. 
However, he has experience taking penalties, so I would hope that he pressure will pressure penalties as well. Exactly, PSG, for example. So I would hope that he'd do better. However, he missed. He did well to fool the goalkeeper, but his application of the finish just wasn't there. But it happens. We move on. Hopefully, we can progress. Take us to Jadon Sancho. For me, I did, yes, 10 minutes ago, I criticised the cameo that Henderson have, had, but I also did say that I would have kept it off penalties because if you look at the Argentine, um, Argentine, and if you look at the Italy team... We'll get there. Just hold on. Yeah, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're, they were experienced. Kiesa maybe would have been part of that when he, if, if he didn't get injured, yes. But regardless, the first five were very experienced and the last one was Jorginho. So, one way or another, they had guys that were ready for that. Cool. Sancho comes on. I don't know about his playing record because I don't think he takes penalties in general anyway. Hits a poor penalty, the height, the, the power is easy for Donnarumma. As long as he reads it, he gets it. And he dealt with it. And me, you just say on commentary that he has a very good record against penalties. He's not a joke goalkeeper. This is one of the best on the side. He's massive. He's exactly. He's massive. If he, if he, all he needs to do is get down. Literally, literally. he saves it. And he's and he's quick. He's quick. If you're talking about big men that are quick, he, he's like a he's like a goalkeeping Brock Lesnar. He's quick. I knew you're gonna bring it back to Brock Lesnar somehow. I just knew it. I just knew it, man. <laughs> I sent you the picture today of his new his new trim, isn't it? Crazy! I've, I I just saw it. Like, what is he doing, yeah. man? That's that's a terrifying man. I would I would I would cuss him out into his face, though. Oh no 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 no! Oh yeah, hello, good man. Hello, good man. Yeah 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 yeah. That's that's why that's why it happened. That's yeah. why he's done it. Nobody's <laughs> brave enough to say maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Smash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll get one dirty F five. Um, but the second <laughs> one just baffles me because look, firstly, because he was part of the final eleven that finished the game, whether he was fifth. Eight for whatever. At some point, if he went further, he would have had to take a penalty. That's fine. So if it was that same situation, it was sudden death, and it was him taking a penalty, the pressure will still be the same. I understand that. I get that. But when your team has just missed two of their last penalties, change it. I'm begging you to change it. There, it's not. We can talk about rattling confidence and whatever. Arsenal got to go back. Just have to say that. Ah, good for them. I guess he burned him. Well done. He scored it. It better be about my blood cut, young. Um, bro, potential ah. Aston Villa's Emil Smith, bro. Potentially Aston Villa. Um, God, I hate this team. But you know, I would say, look, I think to the side, I say, look, you know what? Just for this situation, you're young. Let's take your time. Let's give someone more experience to play, and then if they score and we progress to the next um, set of penalties, you take the next one. At least. To alleviate some level of pressure, because when England missed two, the mood was down everywhere in that stadium. There was not one person that then believed. Because when they saw Jorginho, hell, when we saw Jorginho coming up, you literally said, "Congratulations, Italy." You I said it because <laughs> we're so used to him putting yeah. the penalties away. Like it's just what it is. Yeah. And he missed great save from yeah, was, um, Julian Pickford. Who had a good tournament? So, you know, alleviate that pressure. Give someone more experience that chance to say, look, go and score it because or to take the penalty because if they miss it, the um the pressure on them, but that'll be put on by the media, I think they can deal with it a lot better than a young 19-year-old whose first professional penalty is the biggest penalty in English history. 
And whether people think I'm saying this because of the whole, it's not even the, it's the racism thing came after. We and you were furious when we saw him walking up in the first place. Yeah. So this is not because um, he's a black, a young black guy thing. This is the fact that he's young and he should not be put in that position. The the fact that he's black adds to it because we know what comes with that. That's what adds to it, and that's the way our fear comes from. But we're genuinely angry at the fact that a young kid, essentially, because he's a young kid in the game. When you're that young, you are essentially a kid, even though you're a teenager in general life. But as a kid, I mean, I mean, bro, he's a kid in real life. He's 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 no, not no, teen no. on the end of he's not teen on the end of it, of his of his uh, age, right? He's, yeah, he's yeah, a kid. yeah, it's actually it's actually yeah, essentially. So look, at the end of the day, he should not be a, he should not have been the fifth penalty taker for me. But then no. Jordan Pickford was the sixth penalty taker, as we said before. So I have Bafkin was on one. It was baffling, but I have no doubt Jordan Pickford would have smashed that. So the thing is, that scares me. Because smash doesn't mean hit the target. Smash just means smash. Bro, if you if you miss and you smash, that's better than what Marcus Rashford did. That's true. That's true. That is true. Because he, 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 he was controlled. He could have placed it. But he just completely missed it, man. That's true. But, yeah, I I sympathise with them. Penalties are a lottery, end of the it's day. A, lottery, yeah. a lot of people try to do these. And it's funny because these days people do... Uh, this person got this amount of non-penalty goals to try and make someone look better. Yeah. And then yeah. someone got this many penalty goals and makes them look worse. Now you realise penalties are not that simple. Because if they were that simple and give the advantage to the forward, Sancho, would, if we support penalty, would have scored his. Saka would have scored his. Joe would have scored his. Everybody, everybody says it's like 50-50, but it really isn't. You can miss and the goalkeeper can save it. So I think it's like a thirty-three percent chance that you go oh, that you can actually score a penalty. It's Literally. really difficult, man. It's really difficult. It's not that easy. Um, and just with the added pressure, we do have oh, got to endo, man. We need to. You need to. You I will talk to Darren about that, and like, if he's happy like, to do it, we will do it. I thought Darren T was my mortal enemy, but apparently he's yours, right? So it is. <laughs> um. Let's get to obviously what came after the the racist abuse of the three players that missed the penalty. Mm. Like you said earlier, we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Like the before, once we saw a black player step up to take the penalty, we we knew immediately that if he missed it, the abuse was coming. Yeah. For me, if you can't support them uh if you can't support them when they're when they're down then don't you, you can't support them when they're up either yeah facts. regardless of of anything and it, they just we keep going through this we we know that they didn't deserve that they they were respected in terms of age they were 23 21 19 they put out they had a whole bunch of pressure on them it was the, some of it was uh, I think it was first major finals for Rashford, for Saka, and for Jaden Sancho. They've they've had uh, FA Cups, obviously Saka, Jaden Sancho, I think German Cup, and Rashford FA Cup as well. But in terms of that, the big the big leagues, this was their first major final. Mm-hmm. Going into that, missing. Then no, I guarantee they all knew that the moment they went back into the dressing room, they were going to look at their phones and see a whole bunch of shit on their timelines. And that's just unacceptable. 
is unacceptable. We can't keep doing this. And part of me is like, well, if that's how you treat your players who up until that moment were all heroes, yeah, then you don't deserve the victory. You don't. You just don't. Their, their behavior before the final sickened me because you shouldn't be smashing bottles for no reason. You shouldn't be hitting people's cars. You shouldn't be fighting. You shouldn't be going to stadiums and thinking you can break in. Oh, even that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And brutalizing other fans and police officers. And yes, I know the relationship staff, with police staff, Yeah, that's not staff members at, at Wembley. Staff members, more importantly, at Wembley, my father included. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I take that quite personally. But, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. That's number one. All right, cool. Then you go to game. But when it comes to the losses, it's just the fact that we as black people know that if these guys miss, you guys are... You're in, even. I think even before um, the final, we go days before that, I think me and you even spoke and we said... If an if a black player does something that maybe sees as a costly miss or, mm, or an error, then we we know what's going to happen, and that's that's upsetting already as it is to say. This is why the agenda now. I don't use the word agenda, but I'll use the agenda anyway for now. Anyway, because I can't feel a better word. But the agenda right now from so many other black people that are not in the game is to tell these black players to go and play for their mother and father countries. Literally a question right there. Uh question for you. Oh, there you go then. Man that T dot. Um question for you both. Should the back players consider not playing for England in the future? Um, I think every young boy and girl that grows up here, born here, and plays football and makes it into football has dreams and aspirations of playing for England. That's just facts. You know, they can talk you can talk about, you know. Parents coming from Ghana, Nigeria, and Jamaica, and just end of the day, reality. Yeah, reality is you're born here, you're British, and their dream is that one day I can play for England. You sit here, you watch. They see African Cup of Nations, for example, it's not free to watch. It used to be on Eurosport. Not everyone could get Eurosport, for example. But when you're watching England, you're on ITV or BBC. Before, obviously, BT Sport came in or Sky Sports, then Scientific Internationals. It was on those channels. It was free to view, and your dream was to play for England. It's, it's, it's that, but everywhere you go in that footballing world, whether it's watching it, whether it's playing it, yeah. In this nation, the whole build-up is, and the, the dream is, one day I, I can't wait to put on an England shirt. Put on that so white shirt. Exactly. If you're going through that system where that is the that is probably the most important. Uh, goal or aspiration for a lot of these people that are coaching you that are mm -hmm. playing with you yeah your goal is is obviously going to be influenced of, of, of by that regardless of culture regardless of race right especially you they are born here they so they're have play the for right to play for england simple as that it's simple as that simple and they shouldn't they they should not be deterred by racists when they lose or knowing that when they lose racists are going to come out the woodwork but that should now not deter them because it gives them playing for england gives them an opportunity that is not afforded to a lot of teams outside of europe Fact, like, fact. You, like you said you it was on eurosport not many people had eurosport and how many people actually watch eurosport 
I don't think it's many. Thank you. There you if, go. If it was on ITV two, and these nations, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure nobody really knows that uh, the Gold Cup is on right now because I didn't before I saw the highlights of Jamaica scoring that goal. Nobody knows when, or everybody hates the fact that Afcon is in January. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch. There's negative aspects to a whole bunch of these these teams and these nations in the footballing world that will deter these players from wanting to play for them. That's it. But they absolutely have the right to play for England. They can play for they're if, born here. If they, once they qualify, they have every right to play for the country. That's as simple as it gets. Simple as it gets. You cannot determine whether they should play for the country or not. The one thing that's that's made not made me happy, but the one thing that's kind of gave me some sort of pleasure, I should say, is on social media, the more popular Twitter people, which is the followers, the ones that have really been showing their asses, they're the ones that I'm happy are being exposed. And what I love is people like Tyro Mings opening their mouth and mm. saying, you can't chat. And then when another one comes to try and talk, Connor Cody says something on Instagram, for example, where, good, keep opening your, this is what we want. Open your Wait, mouth. What did Cody say? Um, so someone someone said something along the lines of, um, you know, players shouldn't go into politics and all that bullshit. And he just said, essentially, essentially in, in no, in no, in basically short, shorter terms, I can talk about politics when I want to. Oh, as Connor Cody said that. Yeah, and he said oh, these okay. can. He said he said I can, and black players can. Oh, quick! Okay. I, I, I thought I thought you were gonna say something negative. I was like, "What's going on?" Oh no, 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 no! He's calm. He's calm. Right, cool. He's calm. Cool, so, cool, cool. yeah. So that's the one thing I like about it because now these players are talking with a lot more chest. Sterling's been talking with chest. Rashford's been talking with chest. Now you need the rest of them. You've been feeding kids, bro. To one of his feeding their kids, bro. Because he missed the penalty, you ran to his mural and defaced ah, it. Defaced it. Disgraceful. Have some shame, man. Have some shame. But what I will say is... Know, their, their generations of their kids will be fed because of the influence of Marcus Rashford. There you that, go. This is an action that will not be forgotten. Man's, and man's they're facing his mural. He's writing books that inspire the next yeah. generation. And that's how that you do it. finished, by the way. It doesn't really matter about the love hearts and nonsense. Tear, tear it down, make a new one. Because what yeah. they've done is disgraceful. It is just a, a nice, clean one. Beautifully made for him. Um, but what I think will happen now, because this this has really hit hard for a lot of people, especially with Saka, because when he's so young as well, and people are seeing the images of him crying and all that, I think it's really hit a lot of people hard. What I will say is, I think you have to, to deactivate his Instagram and social media. Yeah, I think after yeah, that, so exactly, it's a nineteen-year-old, and you're in the oh man. So this is this is what I'm gonna, and actually no, this is I, I like this. You know, don't let the, the haters win by big run. He said, look at what players like Cyril Regis, Cyril Regis got ridiculous, horrible racial abuse on the, in football, on the football when he was playing. Um, and he did like, got, got a banana thrown at him, didn't he? Danny Alves as well. Danny Alves as well, yep. And it's yes, not, not, like, you, you can go all the way back, but this shit is still happening. Yes, there you go. So, you can, yeah, he did let his football um, do the talking. But what I will say is I think what will happen in future bit by bit, it won't be a big boom, but there will be a lot more players that will go and play for other nations that are not England, essentially. Oh, I yeah, yeah. There will be, be a growth of that because people are 
started to what? Yeah, we've realized it, but more people start to realize that you know what? These guys just they're not gonna ever give me the respect that I deserve because you grind and you work hard to make it to that England team. It's not easy. Twenty five players, even twenty usually it's twenty three. Twenty six players were lucky enough to make it on the plane this summer, but usually it's twenty three. You don't go any further than that. It's a lottery to play for the England team. Not many players make it. That's why people are saying that to Wan Bissaka, go and play for Congo. And Keho, after this podcast, I'm going to send you an image. Jamaica, Congo, Nigeria, Ghana. Four countries, yeah? I'll send pictures of if players had picked. Oh, yeah. And listen, yeah. when you say, when you say the, 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 for Congo alone, you're going to be like, oh, really? Nah. Congo, if Congo had this team here, Congo will be competing at World Cups. <laughs> competing not not oh, not here to not here to see sites the the team is actually a mad team so i'll send that to you after i mean senegal's team recently they're a mad team they're they a mad could, team. They, could, they could go for the next world mm, Cup. exactly so look that i think that will happen in, in due time but the main thing is these three guys in particular and not just only them, because we know it's going to happen to others as well. We just need to keep protecting and doing our best to support these people. And it's great that their clubs, I think their clubs will do a lot more now. They should be doing a lot more before, but some clubs do. But I think a lot more clubs now will do a lot more to try and really fight this, this sort of, um, this, these situations and quite frankly, this blatant racism that's been happening for far too long. Let's move on, shall we? So something... Less controversial, controversial. Ronaldo versus Messi. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Less. I mean, it's not. It's not. Not even close to the controversy of racism. But oh, no. it's, no. it's, it's controversial enough. Let's just mm. put that out there. Um, obviously, on the same weekend as England losing the Euro twenty twenty final, or Italy winning. Let's let's be let's be positive. Yeah, Italy, um, Italy won. Italy yeah. won. Um, of Giannis. Uh, Bring, break it, uh, bringing it back to 2-1 in the NBA Finals. Of Djokovic winning the Wimbledon. <laughs> Messi, Lionel Messi, broke his international duck and cemented his legacy as the greatest player to ever play for. Oh, no. Agree? Oh, no. Agree? No. Agree? No. Agree? No. Agree? He <laughs> <You> got <see> <laughs> No, um, firstly, it is a huge congratulations to Argentina and, and that squad in particular, because a lot of them have been to those four previous finals where they've suffered heartbreak. I mean, Di so, Maria got the goal, didn't he? So Yeah, Di Maria, well, there's a lovely chip. He, you know the guy loves it was, chips. It was, it was. Yeah, he it's loves the dinkers. And the pass from um, Depaul to set him up was excellent. Now I like Yeah. So, you know, another good signing for that, that club, but... It was an excellent goal, and what they did so well after that was the defending was so so good. The defending was so so good, I and mean, Depaul again was a master of that. Messi had a great tournament. He didn't have a great final, but he did have a great tournament. That's undeniable. Top goal I mean, scorer. Same could be said for a certain CR seven. Fact, no, no, and it's facts. It's facts. And I said I said this to um Jack um uh, TF THFC Jack. For anyone that knows his Twitter, there's Jack on Twitter in general. Cool guy. I said to him, like, and he agreed, me and him were going on this about it because we agree. When Portugal won the Euros, everything was about Ronaldo. Everything was about Ronaldo managing the team. 
<laughs> because we're Ronaldo doing whatever and Ronaldo this, Ronaldo that. I guarantee you, Adair will now become a pub quiz question about who scored <laughs> for Portugal <laughs> in the if in he the has Euro it already. 20, exactly, Euro twenty sixteen final because no one gave Adair props. And then I was watching the Argentina celebrations. Di Maria scores the goal. De Paul has the game of his life. Everyone ran to Messi. And the three really, no, and that's fine. And that's fine. No, I'm joking. Then, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. For the players, for the players, I get that because that's their talisman. That's the guy, and they they know that the, the noise and the pressure that's been put on his shoulders yes. alone, they felt that because they're in the squad with him. But my issue with the media and fans and this whole back and forth of Ronaldo and Messi, which at this point is just tiring, is you is forget it? to... You, you, you were a main component of... of I know, I was, because I used to criticise Ronaldo uh, but, for... But, but, but now Messi's got his, his title. That is irrelevant, right? No, no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> no, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll address it. No, it's good, because when Ronaldo moved to Real Madrid, for the first three years, he was scoring bare goals and came with just a, a couple of Ray. Messi embarrassed him. Messi scored 91 goals on the calendar year. Messi embarrassed him. Look at you, look at you defending Ronaldo. And then, no, he's not defending. You got, I said you got embarrassed. How's that defending? <laughs> you got embarrassed. Because there's and a button coming, that's why. Oh, no, no. And then Ronaldo got his chance, won four Champions League in five years, mm -hmm. got his chance, did his thing with Real Madrid, got two league titles added to that, did his thing. And now Messi has... Get that, get that comment up. Done it. I want to get them up as well. I know at your year, I, I felt like Marin would come at the right time for Messi. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was going to come for him. Um, so I found my friend there, Captain's armband. Hey, brother, he was pissed off still. Not the first time. He's, he's not even the first time he's done it. He's done it a couple of times as well. Um, that's Ronaldo. Um, and then what's the other one? Emi Martinez literally he went to win it more for Messi than himself. And that's fine. That's what I'm saying. For the players, I have no issue. But fans and media need to stop this thing where players that play such a good role in finals as well, I've forgotten about. Because these men are also part of the history books. I think Argentina had not won um, a Copa or an international tournament in general for about 28 years. I could be wrong. That could be oh, wow. very wrong on my side, but I think that's the stat that I read. Oh, Arsenal Where, lost. Uh, pardon? Arsenal lost. There, there you go. So, <laughs> so, you know, the fact that they as a collective, along with Messi, were able to break that duck at last where they went to Brazil to play Brazil in the final on their turf and beat them, that's historical. That's magical. So the whole team should get praised. Just like in 2016, France got to the final in their country and Adair put them to bed with a long-range blaster. That should also be put into history and he should get his flowers. But it's always going to be put on those two. And I know what the era is of football. More fans of players than clubs. And Ronaldo and Messi are seen as like two gods of football, so the loving for them is out of this world. But we've got to give praise to the other players as well because they all played a part. Ronaldo wasn't touching Champions League until Casemiro, Kroos and Modric did their thing. That's a, that's a fact. And Messi was winning Champions League with Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets when Xavi retired. Or no, he left first, I think, then retired. And then um, Rakitic came in. He added one more Champions League, but then as soon as they lost that midfield base and they've been trying to change things since and splash money, it's not been as easy. So we have to really recognise the work of a team with your two talisman 
that the team play around and is built around for them to do their thing. I will forever love Messi and Ronaldo. They are incredible, phenomenal footballers. And now they both have an international trophy on their, under their belts. So congratulations. I already know where this is going, though, because someone's going to listen to this and it's going to be a Ronaldo stand. And he's going to say, oh, yeah, but Ronaldo won the Nations League. So Ronaldo has two now and Messi has one. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Messi has won the Copa del Rey. He can't play in the Euros. Ronaldo has a Euro. He can't play in the Copa del Rey. None of them have a World Cup. Copa Shut America. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Copa. I said Copa del Rey. Jesus. Bravo, Copa bravo. America. <laughs> Copa America. So, if that does the argument, I'm good. I don't care. Have it like that. Is what it is. Let these men enjoy their, their last couple of years in football. Because mm. when they go, you're going to miss both of them. And that's just facts. Wonderful, wonderful analysis from you, Coach Kojo. Messi's the GOAT, by the way. <laughs> I knew um, you seen that. <laughs> Um, is there any anything that's pressing that you'd like to discuss? I don't want to discuss um, that. Fuck that team. No, I think <laughs> no, I think we'll get into that week by week uh, as we do more podcasts. More transfers are being done. Um, mm. Arsenal made their first signing. Uh, who was his name again? Anuel Tavares. Tavares, Nuno, yeah. Yep, and now they're close to bringing Lokonga in. So that'll be two deals done in quick succession. Very, very good. Um, what's this? They did play in the same league for 10 years. The score is 7 or 7 2, I believe. I think league titles, yeah. Listen, they bullied Real Madrid, but that's Real Madrid's fault as well. When you're obsessed with Champions League that much, you get bullied from that's what you get. But I will say, there were times when Barcelona they they did Madrid dirty. That 5 0 when Pique put his hand up like this. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, man, oh, that was horrifying for Real Madrid. They got bullied. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about some more transfer deals. I think Sancho will be done probably by this week, um, yeah. like officially, officially by this week. Um, I expect at some point Chelsea will make some deals. I don't know what's happening with Liverpool. Um, it'll be interesting to see this whole messy contract situation. Um, Memphis Depay is really earning less money after two weeks. So, Marin, if you want to come and talk about, um, oh, good, you want to come and talk about that as well, that would be great. Um, actually, can answer this question as well. What do you think of Varane and Kamavinga and Sancho to United? One is already happening, the other two, I have no faith it will happen. But if it does, it is what well, it is, fam. You know what I'm saying? I don't it know. Won't. And, and, um, as for this, Rayan, every day you convince me less and less, more and more, that you are not a Liverpool fan because I don't know what this is. <laughs> Why yeah. do you hate Salah so much? I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Someone that smacks goals for your team for banter. He like easily the best player for the past three years, and you hate him easily. Okay, maybe That's... you don't hate him, but you don't rate him like at all. You said Sancho is clear of Salah. Anyway, uh, Marius says Messi signing for sure. So I think I think he will sign, but. Is that going to be a detriment to other players in terms of financial? I don't know, but we'll get into that. As detriment to Barca, we know that definitely will be. But oh yeah, but there we'll you go. Save a whole bunch of these transfers talks for another time. I yeah. thank you, Coach Kojo, the other president. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Smash the like button and subscribe as well. Where can they find us? 
Coach um, Kojo. Yes, Free Midfield Podcast right here on YouTube as you see we're streaming live right now. Uh, Free Midfield, which the audio will be released hopefully by tomorrow morning on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. And obviously follow us on the Twitter and on Instagram now at Free Midfield. So the number three, just like it is here in midfield. Come follow us. Hello, More content will be posted there. Come check us out. We're back. That's it. What I did there looked really bad, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, join us again uh, at a later date. But for now, thank you and good night. Peace.